0: Going on, everyone. What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecues and Movies. Today is February twenty second, twenty twenty two. That's right. It is two 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 today, and um, it's currently ten twenty two. Wow, ten twenty two p.m. Talk about timing on this time. <laughs> All right, it's a sign i'm not up late doing any work i'm up late podcasting and really i'm not really up late doing anything right now it's still 10 22 i think i'll do some work later on but you know what i think i'll just play it a little easy tonight because today all of my brides not all of my brides i'm sorry a lot of my brides wanted to get married on two 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 and um i'm just tired I don't want to do any work. I've seen enough weddings for today, so I'm not going to be fixing any any photos. I'm just going to take it easy, talk to you folks. Now, first of all, get this out of the way. I was gone for over a week and a half. I know that. Uh, My biggest apologies. I didn't warn anyone. I have a pretty good freaking excuse. Now, one of, I mean, I think it's a marriage of a perfect storm. Uh, there was a series of unfortunate events that happened and I'll be very transparent to tell you what they all were. And I don't think a lot of them are unfortunate. It just happened to be, you know, I think it's me being very stupid and then on top of that, the construction of our house kind of piling on it on on top of that and then on top of that, me being very stupid again. So I'm gonna start with this uh, story here. I'm gonna gonna keep going and I'll see where this podcast kind of goes. I'm just gonna keep free flowing and talking, right? So about a week and a half ago, I fell asleep wrongly on my shoulder. Now, I am a really bad sleeper when it comes to like when it comes to uh, sleeping positions. I'm horrible at it. Uh, I sleep on my face. I have no idea why I do it. If I do sleep on my back, I like to have a pillow uh, kind of on my eyes for some reason. I'm not sure why. it's kind of weird. Uh, but a lot of times I just love to sleep on the side of my face, or maybe on my face, and when I do that Sometimes I have my arm extended. Let's say, for example, if I'm going to sleep on the left side of my face, I'll extend my left arm, use my shoulder blade or my shoulder uh, kind of as a, as a pillow, and then stick the pillow between my shoulder and my ear. And uh, that's how I would sleep. And I would do this on my left or my right-hand side. And a lot of times when I would wake up, um, especially if I sleep in the middle bedroom where uh, the middle bedroom, which is our i guess our what the, what I want to call that that's our our guest room, the bed is very very hard and there's no give um, i guess in the bed at all. my arm, my shoulder would feel a little i guess tingly when I woke up and I, and I thought this was pretty bad, it was pretty bad now. About a week and a half ago, I slept on my right arm and I did this. And uh, I don't know, when I woke up, I could barely move my arm. Uh, but then movement returned to my arm and I, and I told myself, okay, you know, it's kind of weird, but I slept on my arm wrong and uh, it is what it is. And then what did I do? I went for a 25 mile bike ride on my lovely road bike that costs around six or seven grand. Uh, did this over down the Nimitz Highway and uh, hit a lot of potholes. Hit hit a lot of rough road, and um, once I got off of the bike, my shoulder really didn't feel good. But I could still move it left and right. You know, it just didn't feel good. It felt there was something wrong. Well, that night, I fell asleep on my arm in the very wrong position, again, like how I described with the um, pillow between my shoulder, my upper shoulder and my ear on my right-hand side. And I woke up, and my arm really didn't feel good. So what did I do to fix it? Nothing. I uh, went for another bike ride. Uh, 25 miles again, same road, same pot-filled road, same unpaved road. It It was just horrible. And then after those 25 miles, I couldn't move my arm very well. I couldn't move my arm above my waist. And I had to pull off my bike jersey, I guess, over my head. I had to put my head down because I just couldn't put my right hand over to pull it off. I couldn't even raise my right hand above my, I guess, above my head. It was that bad. And it felt very, very painful. It felt as though I had dislocated my shoulder. So what did I do after that? Well, I, I came back home. I took a shower. and I thought, oh, it kind of feels okay. And then my arm started to, I guess, feel really not okay that night. Um, it, the, the pain in my shoulder down to my tricep, it started throbbing. Uh, I couldn't move that arm at all. It was paralyzed. It, it was paralyzed with pain. And it felt as though I, I had a headache in my shoulder joint. Now, I've never had a, like any type of really bad shoulder injury at all. This was a new experience for me completely. And um, when I touched the end of my shoulder blade where my collarbone would connect to the shoulder, it felt as though I was like stabbing myself with a knife. It was bad. And uh, I couldn't move my hand, uh, my arm. Why don't we just say my arm? Uh, say, for example, if I'm standing up and I have my arms draped to my side, I couldn't move it more than an inch past my thigh. That's how bad it was. So that night, um, I, I tried to sleep it off. Um, woke up the next night, the next day, it was bad. And, uh, I thought about going to the doctor and I did more research on top of the internet. I said, you know what? I didn't, I looked at all the different type of AC joint sprains because that's apparently what I had and the grades that I had. And I said, you know what? I look, it looks as though I have a grade one AC joint, um, uh, sprained. And I just self, self diagnosed and I told myself, well, well, I, I followed YouTube, of course. YouTube, you can learn anything, right? And I followed the doctor's advice on YouTube about putting my arm into a sling to limit the movement um, using um, different types of painkillers. I used ib- ibuprofen because my body responds very well to ibuprofen. And I used those to kill the pain. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, it worked. Eventually, after a week and a half, um, I gained full movement. And uh, here, here's the thing. I had a wedding on February 21st and February 22nd. So I was very nervous that I couldn't raise my camera to eye height, uh, and, and that's all I wanted. I said, you know, I just want to raise my camera up so I can get through this wedding, and, uh, you know, luckily, by the time my wedding just rolled around today and yesterday, uh, I was, I would say about 99% recovered. So that's the really great news. Um, and, then, and a lot of the couples who who um saw me had no idea, like, my shoulder was just whacked. <laughs> now to multiply the problems on what happened, uh, well, uh, I guess um, my floor guys came to start start epoxying the the floor. And by the way, my floor in my house it looks incredible. I'm not one to brag, but my floor looks like the ocean. I have a beach. I have white water and I have a deep blue ocean and I have white water spilling onto my stairs. Uh, and they, these guys just were, they weren't artists, okay? I don't want to like um, say they're artists, but under my direction and my inspiration, why don't, why don't we just say that? They figured out a way to deliver my vision to them or the, I guess my vision to myself. And uh, they did it and they delivered 100%. Per- it was perfect and uh, i I cannot be more satisfied with the floor that they did. I'm going to post a link to my pictures um, in the description of uh, my podcast so you guys can all take a look. I think you'll just be floored. Um, I'm going to write a little quick blog and you can just click on the link and you guys can like look at all the photos. It, I, I think you'll be completely blown away. Anyway, yeah, so what happened was that now they're epoxying the floors and my bedrooms are on the second floor, I can't walk over the epoxy floor for than 24 hours So again, I, you know, this is when my arm is not feeling good (laughs) and I can't go to my, my comfortable bed. Um, so I figure out, okay, what am I going to, what am I, what am I going to do? I'm going to try to sleep on the concrete in the little room that I'm kind of boxed at, boxed into. And, uh, I, I make an attempt with (laughs) make a really poor attempt at that by trying to put some towels on top of the concrete floor. And that didn't work. Um, I woke up in just pain. Uh, I tried, um, Sleeping in my work chair because I do sleep. You know, when I edit photos and I just want to take a break, I just I'll just lean back, put my feet up on the on the desk, and I'll just fall asleep for about a couple hours. That didn't work again. That's because my shoulder just was on fire. And then I decided, well, why don't I just try to sleep in my minivan? And I do sleep in my minivan quite often uh, when I do weddings on the beach. And if I arrive there maybe an hour or two early. I'll just rec- recline the passenger seat and I'll just sleep like a baby. Um I couldn't sleep like a baby at all. <laughs> and I mean my shoulder was in so much pain. So I mean I, it was crazy. I tried every single position in the minivan to tr- to try to get comfortable. I tried sleeping on the floor. I folded up all the seats, took out the bike from there, um slept on the floor, put some towels on there, tried to make myself comfortable and it just didn't work. What I ended up doing was going over to my grandmother's house, which I should have done, and crashed there. Now, to make things more complicated, um, the floor, uh, it took a little while. It wasn't done in about a couple of days. So I decided, I mean, I decided to try to tough it out on one night here at my house. I couldn't do it. Ended up going over back to my grandmother's house. But because I was trying to tough it out, it kind of set me back in my recovery. Now, luckily, again... You know, I'm I'm fully recovered as of February 22nd, uh, 2022, but I was in so much pain, I just couldn't podcast. I mean, it was just really bad. Now, I wish I could have podcast because so many things were happening. I mean, we had, you know, Canada all of a sudden becoming a dictatorship almost overnight, and now it seems as though we're going to, I guess, war with Russia for what reasons I have no idea. I really have no idea. And, and the world just seems under Joe Biden to be going, you know, upside down. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out why we hate Russia so much. I, I mean, really? Russia? What has Russia done on the major stage that we haven't done worse? I mean, hasn't the United States invaded countries, overthrown countries, overthrown leaders because we didn't like who they, who the hell they were? We've overthrown entire governments. We did that to Iraq. We did that to Afghanistan. We've did that. We've um, and then we've did it to Afghanistan, and then we gave it back to the Taliban, which so they're actually worse off. They're 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 quite worse off, and then we did it over to um, Libya, and that helped create ISIS. So this this really isn't good. And we also did it to Egypt, I think, too. This isn't really good at all. Because what Russia, I mean, in my opinion, what Russia is doing, I really don't care. Ukraine is not a very honest, not very honest business. It's not a very honest country. It's not a democracy. So I don't, I'm not sure where Democrats keep saying we have to defend Ukraine because, you know, we have to defend democracy when Ukraine isn't a democratic society. In fact, it's pretty darn corrupt. Well, people, I need to cut the commercial, and then we'll get into talking about all the things I missed. And I even want to talk about COVID here in Hawaii and how much I've been right. I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit because I tell you what, it needs to be tooted. All right, I will be right back. Here's the commercials. Okay, everyone, I am back from a commercial break and I hope you are too. Let's get in on my opinion on almost everything under the sun right now because I've been gone for a week and a half. Uh, first things first, let's talk about the COVID numbers here in Hawaii and what the hell is going on. So, right now, as of now on 22 222 or two 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 2222 February 22nd, 2022, um, COVID numbers are just crashing. Uh, let me take a look at the numbers here on the dashboard. I have it right in front of me. I just have to click on here. Um, yesterday, oh, I'm sorry, but still today, we only had 150 cases. This is down from a caseload of 6,500 per day. Uh, in December, late December, I think around New Year's Eve, the Department of Health, along with their taxpayer-funded epidemiologists and statisticians from the University of Hawaii, predicted 20,000 to 60,000 cases in February from Omicron. This is how inaccurate our epidemiologists and statisticians have been. Right now, we were supposed to have, I think, about 60,000, uh, I guess, uh, cases. I'm trying to find the article on that. That is, that article is actually down on the star advertiser. I'm not sure why. I think they're trying to protect, um, some special interest there. I can't find it on Hawaii news now either, but I remember that I had I uh, I had um Facebooked it when they came out with that number. I said sixty thousand per day. Uh uh-uh, uh, that can't happen. And I know for a fact. Here's the thing. I know for a fact that I'm not that smart. I think our governor may be smarter than us. Maybe not. Why don't we want to just give him the, give him the benefit of the doubt? But I think those statistician and epidemiologists they all know the truth, right? Because my you know. My, my, my background in, in statistics only, only goes up to a high school level. So how can I read statistics better than these, uh, I guess these University of Hawaii professors, correct? Well, all what I did, and, and here's the thing. I predict that COVID would, would basically be gone by the end of February. And I am going to be once again correct. We only have 150 cases right now. I'm thinking we're going to go down to very close to zero in a very short amount of time, single digit in a very, very short amount of time, because Omicron is giving us herd immunity all around, completely all around. And... Um, and uh, how did I predict that? Well, I just took a look at all of the other data out that the other data that's out there, specifically from specifically from South Africa and other African countries, including European countries that have shown a very steep uptick and then a downtick, just as steep. So Omicron always rears its ugly head very quickly and then disappears. And another thing we also found out about those other nations was that a lot of people there were a lot of cases. There are a lot of people with cases of COVID, but but, those, but, but um, they, a lot of people were not hospitalized because of COVID. And that same thing happened in Hawaii. Now, there are a lot of people who died with COVID, but not because of COVID. But unfortunately, they're not releasing that data to Hawaii at all. Right now, the Department of Health is not releasing all the data they can. You know, and, and this is my thing. There's so much data to do to be released. There's so much data they collected. Why don't they just release it all? Why are they hiding it? And the reason is that they want to paint a certain picture. They want to tell people, and they're still doing this. Our our governor is still saying the numbers are going down because more people have gotten boosted, more people have gotten vaccinated. To be honest, before Omicron, there were about seventy percent of the people, but the population got vaccinated. Now we're at seventy-three. Uh, as far as boosters, we were at one time, we were at 31. Now we're at 33%. So not many more people got boosted or vaccinated. He's also, he's also trying to credit the mask. He said the mask definitely worked. Well, if the mask worked, why was there an Omicron surge? Huh? Why don't we say that? And I would like to know, I still want to know of those people who were infected with Omicron, how many of them were wearing masks? They all say, you know, a lot of people have taken the the um, the survey when they get tested. Were you wearing a mask? And they, a lot of them say yes. You know, a lot of my friends who got infected say yes. So why don't they release those stats? Apparently, they know. The reason is is that well, it's going to go directly against the narrative of the governor. Now, the governor the governor knows all of this crap, right? The lieutenant governor they all know this crap too. Now, <laughs> we were told as of. Um, a couple of days ago that the safe travels program this is the stupid vaccine card uh I guess questionnaire or something like that you know you have to have to get into Hawaii to to um avoid quarantine being quarantined here if you're vaccinated right at, right now if you're vaccinated you can avoid quarantine here in Hawaii okay now that program is set to expire on March 5th they're not going to renew it why are they not going to renew it well it's because federal money is gonna run up by then. So now, apparently, the lieutenant governor and governor who said, well, they're following the science, and now they're following the money. Because right now, as of today, as of this second, they could drop that safe travels program, but no, they wanna keep getting the money from the Fed till March 5th. It's all about the money. On top of that, right now, Hawaii is the only state, the only state in Hawaii, I'm sorry, the only state in America, that has an indoor mask mandate. All right, the only state. Now, the other even the liberal states up in the mainland don't have a mask mandate. A lot of European countries have dropped all their mandates, including, including their indoor mask mandate. Here in Hawaii, we're one of the few. The governor has said that he has no plans right now to drop the mask mandate until uh, his emergency order Runs out on March 25th. Now, why is he waiting for that on March 25th? Why doesn't he drop it now? Well, the reason is that he's getting federal money for it. So apparently, again, it's all about the money. We're not following the science. We're just following the dollar bills. Isn't that great? And that's why I don't trust, I don't trust these governors at all. I don't trust any of the quote unquote scientists they put out there because, you know, they tried. I mean, when they weren't getting the numbers they wanted to, they changed the way they were analyzing tests. Remember, I'm not sure if you remember. At one time, they came out and said that, "Hey, we're only gonna we're only gonna um, process tests that are positive, not negative." And by doing that, they were able to double their numbers. And right before that, they started to say, "Hey, you you know what? We're gonna assume that this case count also includes suspected cases." So that meant if you go to a party. And there's about 100 people there and the state just suspected you to be infected because one of you may have been infected but who went there that they assumed that all of those people those 100 people that attended the party were automatically um infected and so it, w- it wasn't really honest type of testing not at all um i had a friend i still have that friend uh, who tested positive for covid um, and uh, guess what? They tested positive for COVID, the Omicron version, and then on the third day, they went for a PCR test, and the PCR test was negative. And uh, on, the, um, on the first two days, when they tested positive, they used an antigen test, a quick antigen test, and those tested, po- the, um, those tested positive, but the, but the PCR tested negative. I, I think the, the, the quick one is, is less accurate than the PCR, but the PCR, at best, is only 50% accurate. Now, even though he was negative two or three days later, they still counted him as positive. I don't understand that. When those negative tests, I mean, those positive tests, more than likely may have been false positives because that quick test, that, that's, not that, that, that's not even close to as accurate as a PCR. Apparently, I think that's what they're advertising it as, right? But anyway, it's, <laughs> they added him to the case count and I think they added anyone who was in contact to to the, to the case count because on the fil- on the form there it asked how many people are you in close contact with, and I'm saying oh I'm in close contact with about four or five people, and they'll just add that to the count. Isn't that nice? So the data pool has been polluted here in Hawaii. I can't really um, uh, analyze the, the numbers at all. Uh, right now, when I go to the state of, of Hawaii's Hawaii Emergency Management website, it has this huge information um, uh, line here on, right across the website. It says, no negative tests were recorded from January 14th to 28th, 2022, which made it impossible to calculate positivity rates for this time period as the missing data is recorded, their rates would be calculated and added to the chart. Now get this, they're not recording the, the positive or negative tests um, to the date that they were positive or negative when they go back into there. So what they're doing is they're just dumping it all on today's date. So say for example, if they found 20 or 30 more infection cases, right? They'll just dump it on February 22nd, 2022, even though this infection happened maybe about two months ago. How do you like that? So again, you're like, imagine if you reconcile your checkbook this way, it would be impossible, right? You know, they can't even reconcile their, they can't even rec- reconcile their data very good. But this is the data that they're giving us. I know they have the right data out there, but they're giving us this false data. Why? That's my question. Now, this kind of corresponds with the CDC because the CDC, as we have found out just recently, um, they have been withholding COVID data. Since the beginning of COVID, how do you like that? And they're saying, well, we withheld it because we were very fearful that the data would be misinterpreted, all right? Now, what did they actually um, uh, withhold? Well, they they added, um, they wanted to withhold, well, how many people were infected with boosters? Um, how many people were vaccine injured with boosters? Or even with taking the mRNA vaccines, how many people reported to be, be um, infected? How many people were infected and still wore masks? They had all this data, right? They had all this data. So I think what's going to come out is that we're going to find out that the CDC has become a political wing of the Democrat Party, and we really can't trust them. We already knew this from the very beginning, but it's coming to fruition right now. It's just really, really, really sad. All right. So let's uh, kind of jump cut over to Ukraine. Uh, I think I kind of touched upon it over in the A block, but I can tell you this. I have no idea why we hate Russia so much. I I just can't understand it. I mean all of this Russia hate suddenly came to fruition when Trump got elected. All of a sudden Russia was trying to steal the election. Now we know that entire narrative was false and created by Hillary Clinton. In fact, it was Hillary Clinton who was colluding with the Russians and she was the one. It was her, it was her operatives who were actually spying on Donald Trump, not the Russians. Not the Russians whatsoever, right? And what did Joe Biden say about Hunter Biden's laptop? That Hunter Biden's laptop was just another case of Russian propaganda. All right, fine. Another case of Russian propaganda. Which, by the way, he had um, CIA operatives and heads of CIA, the head of the FBI, you know, James Comey, all signed a letter saying Hunter Biden's laptop was a product of Russian propaganda. They all signed it. And guess what, it ha- what happens? It comes out to be that hey you know what it was not part of any type of russian propaganda it's real that is hunter biden's laptop how do you like that all right that's pretty interesting right now i'm not sure if you remember but back during president trump's presidency uh donald trump he actually met with vladimir putin and he asked vladimir putin straight to his face if the Russians had anything to do with interfering with the presidential elections. And and Putin looked him at, um, at him in the eye and said he actually didn't. He did not try to spy on you or, or anything, try to interfere whatsoever. Um, he did have his favorite candidate, and he did admit to buying Facebook ads, but there's nothing, you know, that's not really interfering with, a, a, I guess, a, an election at all. He just favored one candidate over the other, and he did favor Donald Trump, right? Because he thought... Under Donald Trump, he would be able to establish a relationship more than under Hillary Clinton. Now, when Donald Trump came out of that, that meeting, um, he said, well, you know, he believes Vladimir Putin. He looked at he looked at him in the eye. Now, what ha- what happens there? The media comes out and says, Look at this. Donald Trump, he trusts Vladimir Putin over our intelligence officials, who are intelligence officials who kept saying that the Russians uh, colluded with Donald Trump to take over the, uh, the the 2016 election. They kept pushing that false narrative. And what comes to fruition? That was all a lie. Not, Putin wasn't lying, the FBI, they were lying. The FBI, uh, Hillary Clinton, and the media, they were all lying. In fact, one of these, I think a New York Times reporter or, or someone there Actually, won a Pulitzer Prize, you know, creating false propaganda for the Democrat Party, uh, pushing the narrative that the Russians had helped Donald Trump uh, win the election, the 2016 election. So we found out that was all false. And here we go. Why is it that we can trust Putin more than more than we can trust our own FBI agency? Can you imagine that? Now, I still want to know again. What did Russia do? That is so bad because apparently the United States, well, we try to influence elections, don't we? We have a propaganda election. I mean, we, our own, it wasn't Donald, it wasn't the Russians who tried to um, sabotage our elections. It wasn't the Russians who tried to kick out Donald Trump from the White House. It was the Democrats. It was the Democrats who tried to overturn a duly elected president through Uh abusing impeachment uh, hearings, by abusing the FBI, by abusing the IRS, by abusing the CIA. You know, the enemy was within. The enemy was never, ever with Russia. Now, I got another question for you here, too. Do you remember when this whole Hunter Biden thing came on? Right? Or why don't we just talk about the first impeachment? Because the first impeachment, because they couldn't nail Russia collusion on there, because who was that guy? Robert Mueller couldn't find anything. Robert Mueller, who really couldn't, when he testified, he sounded as though he was like, you know, two snicker bar, bars away from Joe Biden. Um, I think he had really lost his his uh, cojones or something out there because he really didn't know, even know anything about the, I guess, his own report that he wrote, which was kind of interesting. Robert, Mu- Robert Mueller, he looked like an, an intimidating guy, but he was a shadow of himself. He, uh, he was a Joe Biden. He was worse than Joe Biden. He couldn't even read off his script. Well, anyway, when they couldn't, when Robert Mueller's and his like you know, <laughs> his team of Democratic operatives couldn't nail Russia collusion onto Donald Trump as a way to as a reason to impeach him, suddenly the Democrats, I think under Adam Schiff, thought of, of this lady, really crazy idea of like quit, a quid pro quo deal, uh, utilized I, I guess that had come to fruition uh, through Donald Trump. And what was Donald Trump doing? Well, he had called up the president of Ukraine to congratulate him, I guess, on his, uh, on his win. And, uh, and then on top of that, he wanted to know if he could uh, investigate uh, any t- type of corruption that had happened under, um, I guess, under the, um, President Obama's uh, uh, presidency uh, concerning Joe Biden and his backroom dealings with Burisma. And uh, if it comes to fruition, that there was actually something there. Where Where there was smoke, there was a lot of fire because it is now proven to be 100% true that Hunter Biden was getting $100,000 a month um, from Burisma, which is some type of energy fuel company or something. Uh, for not even performing any type of service on the board. And his father helped him get that job while he was in, uh, I guess, while he was in, uh, I guess, serving as the VP under Obama's uh, administration. And Joe Biden was in charge of relationships with Ukraine at that time. And what did Joe Biden do? Well, he got the Ukrainian lawyer who was investigating Burisma, the corruption involving Burisma, involving Hunter Biden. He got that lawyer fired, that prosecutor fired. And he said that if you don't fire that prosecutor, we're going to withhold financial aid from your country. That, people, that's quid pro quo. But apparently it's okay when you're a Democrat. What the Democrats were very scared of was that Donald Trump was on his way to uncovering real corruption over there in Ukraine. Now, again, I want to know what did Russia do that was so bad? Because Ukraine did something a lot worse. They bought their way. They bought their way to have access to the Vice President of the United States, and Joe Biden was part of that. Russia never did any of that. Not none of it. Vladimir Putin had nothing to do with the um, fake Russian dossier uh, that was created to help try to get Trump out of office. Nothing whatsoever. Did What, what does um, Vladimir Putin want to do? He wants to go into two areas in um, Ukraine that are separatist regions. The separatists over there, they want to be Russians. So if they want to be Russians, who the hell cares? It has nothing to do with us. I mean it really has nothing to do with us. Ukraine isn't even a democracy. So, it, why are we so why are we so concerned about the border between Russia and Ukraine? what I mean, exactly what are we protecting? Why can't we protect our southern border? That's what I want to know. Why can't we protect what's at home right now? What's happening here at home is what really affects us, not nothing. I mean, over there in Ukraine, I mean, say, for example, we go to war with Ukraine. There's nothing to be solved whatsoever. Now, the consequences of, going, of having a war break out there is huge. What's going to happen? Oil prices are going to, you know, skyrocket right now. You think oil prices are expensive now? It's going to be a lot more expensive later. Is Joe Biden going to send troops, you know, our young troops into the line of fire to protect a country that isn't really democ- democratic at all and that a country that is pretty corrupt? I don't understand that. Why can't we protect our own border? Our own border, we have illegal immigrants flooding our border, a million people. I mean, millions and millions of people. I mean, I think they have so many people. they don't, they, they don't even know how many have, you know, flooded across there and they're not all Um, illegal immigrants from Mexico. They're coming from everywhere. And there's also some terrorists coming through there too. That's not too good. I mean, I swear, people, while I couldn't talk, (laughs) America has gotten, I mean, I thought it couldn't get this bad, but now it's getting really bad. Now we're going into a war or starting a war that we really don't need to. And then we have Kamala Harris who came out. I'm not sure if you heard it. You should Google. Uh, I, I should try to play that for you. That clip over there. Uh, hold on. I'm going to put this podcast on pause and I'm going to try to find that clip of Kamala Harris, her word salad. And I'm going to play that clip for you. And I'm going to see if you, um, I'm going to, I, you know, I was going to just say link to it, but then, you know, I want to play it for you. So hold on. I'm going to put this podcast on pause and then I'm going to, um, look for it and it, you won't, you won't realize it's pause. I just got to put it on pause. So I will be right back real quick. Okay, it took me a while to find this because YouTube took a lot of it down, but here we go. Um, I'm playing this off off of Fox News, Tucker Carlson. Here we go. And the allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context then of the fact that that window is still open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect we believe has merit. Huh? I have no idea what in the world she's talking about. (laughs) Talk about word salad. Why did Joe Biden you know, you know, uh, ship Kamala Harris off over to Europe, I think that's where she is, to talk about what we're going to do over there in Ukraine. I mean, this is something President Joe Biden should be talking about, and maybe he would make a lot more sense than Kamala Harris. For the life of me, I've heard that clip over and over and over again. I can't tell what the hell is going on. And this is what, t- what happens is when the Democrats... All they, the Democrats just love to run people to, um, to fulfill, uh, I guess, an identity, a, a candidate who fits the role of a president, n- not necessarily uh, a candidate who has the talent to be president. Because Kamala Harris has actually no talent whatsoever to be the vice president of the, of the United States and maybe even the president of the, of the United States if Joe Biden craps out. Joe Biden's an idiot. Kamala Harris may even be a bigger idiot. What is going on? I mean, <laughs> I was only gone for a week and a half and Canada turns all of a sudden into a, this type of militaristic China type of uh, country. The truckers there love them or hate them. They're practicing their freedom of speech. They're doing almost the same thing as Black Lives Matters. Of course, myself, I would not like to see truckers blocking off everything, no matter how bad things got. But what were they pissed off at? Mandates. They just wanted their freedom back. I mean, I think that's kind of reasonable. And I know we can kind of throw Black Lives Matter in there, but Black Lives Matter, when they're protesting and throwing things off, they're protesting things that truly did not exist. I mean, again, police brutality May exist on a small scale and on an, an individual scale. Racism may exist on an individual scale, but on a systemic scale. Absolutely not. All police are not racist. United States is not a, a economic system game to hold down the blacks. Uh, you know, that just doesn't happen. You know, there are smart black people out there. You know, smart black people can have mortgages out there. You know, having, you know, success has nothing to do with skin color. Nothing, whatsoever. It's all about choices. It's all about working hard, applying yourself. You know, America is not a racist country and here you have Black Lives Matter out there trying to you know, play the race card. And guess what, what do we find out? What do we find out that what they did with the hundreds of millions of dollars they got by CEOs, celebrities, and everything like that? We find out that, guess what? They didn't spend it on black lives. They spent it on mansions. And they're not being transparent about it at all, whatsoever. You know, George Floyd's family didn't get a penny. You know, all of those, uh, uh, Armand Aubrey or something like that, the, the families, they didn't get a penny. You know, oh, what did they do? What did Black Lives Matter do just recently? They crowdfunded, um, I guess, uh, they crowdfund. they could use, I think they used GoFundMe to crowdfund, to, uh, to get, a, I guess, a, a Black Lives Matter protester and an anti-gun advocate who made an attempt at a Democrat, on a Democratic mayor's uh, life. How do you like that? So the guy who they just bailed out for $100,000 actually tried to shoot this Democratic mayor who was running for a re-election or election or something like that. The guy's a, he's, he's arrested on attempted murder and Black Lives Matter gets him out just because he's black. That's not right. You know, you, one's innocence or, or, uh, guiltiness, right? does not depend on the color of your skin. This guy tried to shoot someone. He's not a good dude. He has to be behind bars. He's dangerous. What are you doing? It's not right. It's not right whatsoever. But anyway, you know, my shoulder gets hurt. I'm not podcasting. All of a sudden, Canada turns into communist China. I mean, what's happening with that? I mean, Did you see what happened? I mean, these protesters are out there, out there in front of their trucks, and they pull one of the truck drivers out there, and the cops start kneeing him. And what does Justin Trudeau, Trudeau do? He um he installs this type of emergency mandate mandate order that he was um told to do uh by the Biden administration. And what does it do? It gives him king like power to control currency, to close down bank accounts, to seize businesses. Um and and what and what does he do? Well, now he's threatening to. Seize the licenses of all these truckers, which is stupid because who are, who are you going to get to drive these trucks? <laughs> you know, you're going to have an, even a bigger supply chain problem than before. Um, and, then, and then, and then he's also trying to seize their account to steal their money. And he's also going to look to like a, um, the dogs that they have inside there to seize them and then to euthanize them. That's not right. I mean, this guy is nuts. And what else is he, is he planning, to, planning to do? Oh, the money that was fundraised for all of these truckers, he wants to take that money, including the money fundraised on Bitcoin, to take that money so he can spend it on whatever he wants. How do you like that? GoFundMe was going to do that. You, you know, the, the truckers raised about 8 to $9 million on GoFundMe. GoFundMe said it was okay. It, w- it wasn't okay, so they were going to take that money and give it to Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter was able to fundraise money for a person who tried to kill someone on GoFundMe. I mean, I'm sorry, I get it. They tried to, they used GoFundMe to raise that money for a Black Lives Matter protester who tried to kill a mayor. I had to phrase that properly because it sounded as though they were trying to kill GoFundMe. Doesn't make any sense, right? (laughs) I swear, people, liberalism is a mental disorder. It really, really is. I was only gone for a week and a half and the world got that much stupider exponentially. And of course, that has nothing to do with me being gone, but wow, we are really on a downwards track. Under, under President Biden, the world has just gotten so much more stupid, so much more evil. And, and they're trying to pull on strings. Um, I mean, not even strings. They're trying to pull on false narratives to cause war, to cause crime, to cause people to get angry at each other, for us to separate ourselves from each other. They're trying to create ra- racism. You know, there was a time in my life where, you know, the N-word, it didn't matter. Now, I have no problem, you know, people saying the N-word or even people saying the word, I can say this word, chink, right? I'm Chinese, but it doesn't mean I can say chink. I don't care if other people call me a chink. I don't care if anyone calls anyone a chink. Nothing, you know, because I don't give it power. All of a sudden, the Democrats give the N-word power. At one time, Everybody would say, hey, what's going on, my N-word and all that, right? What's going on, my N-word and all that? You know, now you can't say that because if you say that, your business may get canceled and they said, oh, that's such an ugly word. Well, there's a lot of other ugly words, but apparently you can say cracker and that's not an ugly word. Well, it's not an ugly word because, you know, the Caucasians don't give it power. If you give a word a power, then you're going to let it control your life. And that's what's happening right now. The Democrats have created all of these false narratives. You know, COVID being extremely, extremely dangerous, right? Um, what else what is, what is there? Uh, climate change is an existential threat. We really got to close everything, everything down. We all have to change our light bulbs and buy a Tesla. You know, thank God, because if we don't, the world is just going to boil. I mean, all of these things are just like, you know, Russia is so evil. We have to protect them from invading Ukraine. Uh, if Donald Trump gets elected, democracy is going to be under a threat right now. <laughs> I find that kind of ironic, by the way, when Democrats say that, because you know what? It's been democratic states, democratic leaders that have taken my freedoms away. My freedom of speech, my freedom to be a profitable business, my freedom to even, you know, uh, just, just speak up against the, the, the um, my freedom to protest. Why don't we just say that? Now, there is another trucker's convoy going over to D.C. right now, by the way. Do you know that? And guess what? <laughs> Biden's trying to shut it down. Oh, he's giving a State of the Union address, by the way, and he's going to be locking down <laughs> the state, the uh, our, our our capital, our federal capital, like Fort Knox again, because he's scared of those angry Nazi white supremacists that apparently exist that but we can't find. We can't find many white supremacist groups or, or not at all. I, I can't even tie white supremacists to any type of hate crime as a recent. There's been a lot of Asian hate out there, but guess what? A lot of Asian, quote unquote, quote, unquote Asian hate crimes have been committed by blacks, but they don't want to say that. They really don't want to say that. And I'm not even saying the blacks are responsible for it, but it just happens to be. But the way they report it, they'll say a man, be, a man beat up an Asian hate I mean, an, an Asian person. And they put hashtag Asian hate. Well, don't we want to know what the race is on the person who beat up that woman? It just happens to be a black person. In fact, I would say about 99% of all the crimes against Asians have been by blacks. It doesn't mean that blacks hate Asians, not at all. But the media just don't want to, doesn't want to push that false narrative, and nor should they. Nor should they, and, and I tell you what, most of these cases of Asian hate aren't even cases of Asian hate. They're just crazy people going nuts. <laughs> That's all it is. That is all it is. All right, people. It is uh, 11, 12 p.m. Um, I'm going to watch some movies, and then I'll get some shut-eye. I'll be back. Um, I'm going to try to have my friends on so we can kind of break up the podcast a little more, get some different opinions in here, and I will be talking to you, all of you folks real soon. Thanks for listening. all right everyone that's it for today i had fun podcasting if you like what you hear please share my podcast if you can't find me look on your favorite podcast platform and look for bbq two movies that's bbq to movies yeah the to is not the number two by the way it is to like terrell owens so that's bbq two movies catch you around